Drake Talk Uncut. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Tellus here, back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this episode is being recorded on June 27, 2016. And the quote for this episode goes like this If you don't take money, they can't tell you what to do. Again, if you don't take money, they can't tell you what to do. And it's by Bill Cunningham. And rest in peace of Bill Cunningham. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of you out there know who Bill Cunningham is. But for, for those who don't and want to get a, a good glimpse of, of uh, who he is, there's actually a, a Netflix documentary on Bill Cunningham. And that's, that's where I became aware of who, of who he is. But um, Bill Cunningham was a, a street fashion photographer. He died over the weekend, died Saturday, um, the 20, what's the day? 27th, so what, the 23rd? I mean, 24th. And um, 24th, 25th. 24th to 25th. I can't remember if he died Friday or, or Saturday. But... Um, yeah, so there was, there was a documentary on Netflix, and that's where I became aware of Bill Cunningham. Um, and the, the the takeaway that I that I took from from the documentary, and just ever since I became aware of him, uh, you know, I, I of course you know saw more articles and things about him. It's one of those things to where when you become it's like you never know something but then once you become aware of it you see it everywhere so since i became aware of bill cunningham you know of course i start seeing a lot more things uh or i start noticing more things about him or more uh articles and, and stories about his life but the takeaway i i got from 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 the the documentary which is a lot like a, a, a lot of these documentaries that I watch of, of these veteran artists, veteran photographers, veterans in, in whatever, you know, music, whatever, is, is their work ethic. You know, like, like um, when you watch, like, uh, there, there was an uh, artist 21 this morning, art in 21st century, I was... I was watching uh, an episode that featured Ai Weiwei. After it actually featured his his assistants because he was locked up. This was during the time he was locked up that the Chinese government locked him up, and it was the same thing with him. Um, but the the documentary on Bill Cunningham it showed like like the sacrifices in order to do the things that you want to do and to do them in your own way there's so many roads so many paths to that but the one the one um thing that that you see that's that ties together uh anyone that's doing their own thing is the major sacrifice unlike it unlike like other sacrifices where you know you sacrifice your happiness for a job you know, a job you don't like, or you sacrifice your, uh, you uh, sacrifice one thing for something that's going to benefit you in the long run. 
when you when you look at a lot of these veteran artists, they sacrifice a lot of things that, like in, in a way that they they don't. It's only for their moral being and for their own ethics. Uh, for instance, with in, in the context of this quote, um, if you don't take money, they can't tell you what to do. Is in the context of. One of the reasons why he he you know he take his bike to all these events and these fashion shows and things like that, it's not that he has to. It's because he wants to. You know he's he's offered like, I, I guess in that in that uh, esteem of being a fashion photographer, which is really what he was. He was a fashion street photographer on on like a real elevated level only because of his work his consistency really more more so than anything his consistency and and you can see that in any article he writes anything he talk about he 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 says it a lot himself it's not you know it's it's not really about his his photography as an aesthetic it's it's uh his consistency his he's documenting these things on a cons- on a consistent basis is like uh, you know, like I can't remember when he started, but I think he said like after World War Two is when he started doing this. So, I mean, think about that. Like, how how long have you been doing a project? Um, and and again, this theme keeps coming around about consistency, which is one of the reasons why I'm I've been doing this. I'm on like day seventy six or seventy seven. Of my uh, of you know a hundred day challenge that I've been doing, and it's because I kept seeing these same themes in these in these uh, you know what I see as successful creatives. It's not it's not necessarily about them being like having the best aesthetically accurate or perfect. Thing it's, it's just about it's really more about more so about their consistency, and there was one part in um, Bill Cunningham the, the documentary that he sort of broke down because until up until this point in the documentary, I was like, man, this guy can't be touched. You know, I was like, here's a guy who who rides around on his bicycle. He's not caring about what people think about him. He wears his blue coat. He he, he you know he goes up. He, he Picks and choose who he wanted to take pictures of, uh, what what sort of fashion. And he he does it in a way to where it's it's unapologetic, but it's not rude. It's not like um, it's like they want to be photographed by him. It's almost like a you know if you if you got up and and put on your attire for the day. With the sole purpose of showing off what you're wearing, and you come into contact with Bill Cunningham, and he don't take a picture of you, you know. Uh, instead, he take a picture of someone walking behind you who, who had on an, another outfit or something like that. It almost like ru- ruined your day, you know. It was like a thing of, of like, oh man, I, I gotta up my game, up my fashion game, as opposed to. This, I can't. What is what is the guy? Um, I can't remember the one photographer's name, who just walks up to people and blasts a flash in their eye, you know, just just blast them. 
And I saw like a small documentary on him because I heard about him. And I was like, that, that doesn't appeal to me at all. That guy would get his ass kicked if he did that in the wrong in the wrong environment. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what the what the the you know the amendment says about or what the law says about um, being able to photograph in public spaces. But you but you don't invade any anyone's personal space. Especially walking up to him and, and just blasting a flash, um, you know. So, so Bill Cunningham is the exact opposite of that. Is is to where y- you want to be photographed by him, you know, instead of this other like this this other guy on the opposite spectrum. And 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 I feel like whatever pedestal this the other guy is on, I can't remember the name, but I'm I'm pretty sure photographers. Uh, I can't remember his name. I I can't I can't. Eggum, uh, no, 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 Eggleston. Um, uh, I can't remember his name, but I was so thrown off about that guy. And then when you see a, a guy like Bill Cunningham, it's like totally opposite. But I think I was trying to make a point. Oh, so back in uh, the the this this point in the documentary where uh, you know I saw this guy is like he he can't be touched. He's gonna do his thing, and I was like, but you know there was something underneath, and it was only till until when the interviewer and this was the only point in the in the documentary where they actually uh, you know they paused or they cut it right and I, I'm not going to even lie man I almost like broke down but um, it was when they asked them they asked them um, you know does he get lonely was he lonely and it's obvious because the whole time I'm watching a documentary. I see where he lives. You know, he li- he lives in like this. It was like this one room, like this. Yeah, matter of fact, it was. It was just a one room. There was no kitchen. There was no bathroom. He had to go down the hall to to you know use the bathroom. It was like a. Uh, I'm not familiar with 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 New York. Um, type of you know the the living arrangement, but. Evidently, it was like this shared, almost like what you would see in a, like a dormitory, like a, a common, like a shared shower, shared facilities, and you simply rent out a room. But um, but yeah, the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking, I'm like, well, where's his family? Like, you know, like eventually, that's the those are the things that start coming up in my mind. Like, where's his family and things like that, and um, <clears throat> and it was at that point to where. Uh, the the interviewer asked him, you know, sort of started getting in getting into that, and it seemed like that was the only thing that was off limits. You know what I mean? Asking about his personal life and things like that. It seemed like that that was the only thing that was off limits. And I was like, that's that's cool, you know. Like, um, so it wasn't a story about that. I'm pretty sure it's gonna it's probably like come out now. You know, since since his passing, that that probably be the next thing. Who was who who was Bill Bill Cunningham, or the 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 real Bill Cunningham? Some something like that. You know, just like uh, the the Prince story is going to be following soon. There's been there, there's already been Ali story, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be another one of those. You know how when people die, um, all these stories and in movies and little 
little uh, glimpse in, into their unknown lifestyle coming out. I'm pretty sure that's not far, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not far behind. But yeah, it's, it's definitely worth watching that Bill Cunningham uh, done it, uh, documentary. And there's also like, like some little miniature documentaries on um, on on uh, YouTube, of course. So, so find them, check them out. If you didn't know who he was, you know, even if you're not a street photographer, fat photographer, or anything like that, just just the work ethic that that this guy put out, you know, it, it just it, it'll motivate you to to quit complaining, just to get to work. You know what I mean, like. Um, you know, if if in my next forty years I do what he did in his last ten, you know what I mean? I, I'll be I I consider myself successful as far as uh, putting out work and um, and and sort of making a name, I guess. <clears throat> so, uh, all right, what else is going on? So I got in. Uh, I got in some some uh, some some cameras that I purchased um, that I'm going to be talking about later, and that's the thing about the the internet. Also, it's like you can you can buy stuff that's really foreign to you, but you've done so much research, it's almost like you you know it. So the thing to do is to is to not let it sort of fizzle out. You know what I mean? Because it's not it's. It's not even new to you anymore because you researched it. It's almost like you already you anticipated everything. But you you have to do that in order to be able to buy what you want and to be able to go at it. Um, if you if you're doing like um, which is what I'm doing, I'm I'm just rediscovering different tools pretty much. So before I just start doing stuff randomly, I, you know. Because it's, it costs you, you pay for this stuff. You know, you're not. It's, it's one thing if if somebody, some company, just sending you stuff to talk about, and, you know, whatever. But if you buying up these vintage cameras and and, and things like that, and you don't know what you're gonna get, you got to do a little bit of research. One, uh, so you can so you can uh, be ready to use it, and, and like I said, not let it. <laughs> You're not procrastinate and let the let the time go by, and then two, so you can come come at it with an approach that hasn't been talked about yet. You know, with a different angle or or find some way to make what you're talking about different from all the other thousand people that are talking about it. Um, so, and and that's the other thing too. I'm saying I see a lot of the same. Uh, the same things being talked about as far as these vintage cameras seem like this, like the, the, um, you know, er everyone is kind of going analog a little bit now, and I don't think that's a hipster thing. I think it's a sign of the times. Like, you know, there was a point, there was a point where you would buy the new shiny camera because you thought. Or not, not even cameras. Let's just say technology. You know, you would buy the new shiny thing because you, you know, you felt, oh, it's gonna, it's better than what I have now. But at a, at a point in time, you're gonna realize, yeah, it's better, but how much better is it? 
is it is it significantly better like case in point photoshop and creative cloud you know creative cloud get updated on a regular 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 basis and nine times out of ten i don't even know what changed i, don't, I can't even i don't even know what the change is until I'm using like today or actually this past week I've been doing some masking and I just recently noticed that matter of fact I didn't even research this this is just what I noticed that um, when you make a selection the refined edge you know the, the when you go into the menu and, and select on refined edge that's that's no longer there it's, it's now called select and mask or something like that so I'm I'm like digging. I'm like, where the where the hell is the refine refine the edge to? You know, when you when you uh, select something, you want to refine the edge, um, the selection. But so I, I couldn't find it. I was like, you know, am I am I losing my mind? And so I saw this other thing, this select in select and mass. I'm like, what's that? So I clicked that, and then the menu came up, and it's exactly the same menu as the refined edge. So I just concluded that, well, that must be they must change that because I know I just did an update. Uh, that was just an update to, to uh, Creative Cloud about maybe two weeks ago. I want to say. Um. So so you know yeah so like well I, I don't so you know some of the time sometimes the changes are just moving a menu or something like that. And I'm like, who's complaining about who who complained about that? Like why was that why does that need to be changed? I, I don't understand it. And the same thing with cameras. Like you, you you buy a camera, especially if you if you want these people that do it like every two years or something like that. Um how how much how much change are are you needing? You know, like how how much different in your shooting style or what you shoot changed so much that you need something. Um, you you need to upgrade something that you just upgraded two years ago. So you know, but I, I can understand from some some standpoints when you when you work for. Um, when you work, you know, if you're in like one of these big metropolitan cities and you have to have the newest and shiny thing like now that the xd1 or x1d whatever that house of blood uh camera is that new house of blood you you have to have that because if you don't and the other guy has it he can say well i have the latest in technology i'm gonna present you with the best image quality because i'm using the best equipment available on the planet I guess you have to do that. It's just like I remember when I was when I was real estate. Um, there, <laughs> there was like this. I, there, there was a realtor who who, <clears throat> who helped me and my wife sell our first townhome, and um, he drove this. He drove. Sometimes he drove a BMW. Sometimes he drove a truck, and sometimes he drove um, a PT Cruiser. And I asked him. I was like, you know, one day I like, you know, this was like a while after uh, him, him, you know, us knowing him. He told me, he was like, if you ever go in this business, you realize some things are practical and some things are just for show. And, and the only reason I even knew he had a BMW is uh, 
we went to his office one day for a every year he gave away like uh, he had like a Christmas party for like people he, he was working with and stuff like that you know for his clients and and um, and so we drove through this was like we would we would young we drove through I think we got like a pie or something like that and he walked out with us and he was getting in this BMW that's that's how we knew because we never saw the BMW we saw the P2 Cruiser and we saw the truck <clears throat> and and later that's when he that's what he told us so you know he was like I can't he said I can't be um, showing up to sell you know a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home when I'm taking three percent in my BMW you know, he said, like, I show up in a PT Cruiser. He said, but yet still, when I'm going, there's this place called Flying Horse. He said, when I'm going out there, these houses are, you know, minimum 500,000, upwards three, four million. He said, I can't show up there, and I can't show up there driving my old Ford truck. You know, and I was like, I can, I can see that. And so in the same sense, I can understand how you can't go to a, a photo shoot where the budget you know like this is doing like you know editorial big big budget stuff you know where the budget is like three hundred thousand dollars a million dollars you can't show up with your uh <laughs> fuji xt whatever mirrorless camera you can't just show up with that and like you know a couple of uh alien bees so i can see that but it's just weird that that's the way the things are. Whether you can get the job done or not with a Fuji XT Pro or whatever the, the Fuji cameras, that's not even the point. It's it's for show. So that's that's what's moving the camera industry. That stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it's like, but but when you but that, I think that's a current thing though. I think that's more current since like since digital I, I think that's because if you if you read some of these uh like this this history book i'm almost done with it uh it, and they were talking about like these Leicas and these old these first first um iteration of these rangefinders and how these 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 photographers these photojournalists use these things for years and years and years and years they didn't you know they if they got the uh like in the case of <coughs> excuse me in the case of um i, I think like a scent uh man i'm so harbor name what is his name dan um i can't remember the photographer name who like a like a made these special edition cameras for him i think one sold for like 2.9 million uh at some auction but um you know they sent those to him he he didn't he didn't buy those he was still using his uh his his other Leica or whatever um so i think i think that's what's coming around now where photographers are saying especially fine art photographers photographers who don't who are not taking money for anything they're making money from their own creations you know what i mean like uh, whether it's their personal work, whether it's a book, whether it's a, a show, whatever, I don't think they're. Uh, well, at least I know in my case, it's, it's not. It's not about like buying the shiny new things. Like I wanna, 
I want to shoot with as many different old cameras as possible. I just want to, I want to go back to why I, you know, why I came into photography. It, when, when I, and actually I'm going to put this, in, I'm going to write this, I'm going to write about this, but when I first came into photography, it, it had nothing to do with the image, creating images. You know, I, I didn't care about images. It was, it was about the gadgetry for one thing, but not necessarily technology, not, not necessarily um, like the newest thing. It was more about an aesthetic of the actual tool. And that's just one thing I've, I've always been fascinated with too. Like I have a collection of like calligraphy pens and calligraphy tools and things like that. And I was more f fascinated with the tools <laughs> than uh, than actual calligraphy. Like I'm I'm interested in calligraphy. Like it, it's beautiful, and and I can't. I don't have the patience to do it. But what fascinates me is is how a calligraphy artist uses certain tools and then i pick it up and it's just like i'm holding a brick i'm like that is so crazy you know what i mean like it's just it's just like so you know you have to wonder is it the tool or or can this guy pick up anything and i've seen it too where a calligraphy artist will fashion out a calligraphy pen out of a can soda can and do this beautiful work you know so uh, anyway, man, I'm rambling. I'm rambling on about just nonsense. Um, you got any questions? Tell us at tell us tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. Uh, leave comments on 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 the SoundCloud timeline. You can leave comments at straighttalkuncut.com. Uh, iTunes. Although I had to check on my iTunes see if it, see if it's been updating. Uh, I, I tried to log in to iTunes and I needed to do an update or something, so I just like I, di I never I didn't even do it. And that was probably like two weeks ago. I went to log in to iTunes to my account and uh, it was asking me to to update something, and I I just like you know what I don't feel like updating. Oh, actually it updated, but I didn't log in. It updated. I restarted my computer, but I didn't uh, I didn't log in. So I got to go back and do that. Um, so. So watch out for that. But uh yeah, that's it for this edition. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but what I do know I talk straight about. This is straight talk uncut. And uh thank you guys for listening. Till till next time, talk to you in the next edition.